Hello again, everyone. Thanks for checking out Job Search Guide here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. On Job Search Guide, we bring you advice and strategy you can utilize to help land a new job. And we do that by bringing you experienced professionals who thrive in these areas. Now, this episode focuses on the letter of recommendation, and some tips on how to make the most of this effective piece of your job search puzzle. Now, bringing us her knowledge and perspective is Kimberly Schneiderman, the owner of City Career Services in New York and an experienced professional in the world of career strategies and consultation. Thanks for joining us today, Kimberly. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, you know, I gave you a brief intro there, but we always like to give our listeners an idea of where exactly our guests are coming from, their career path. So if you could just describe a little bit about your professional experience. So I run, as you said, City Career Services. I'm a professional resume writer, job search strategist, and interview coach for job seekers. I work with people locally here in New York City, as well as internationally. Anybody that wants to engage in services can work with me via telephone and email. I concentrate on helping my clients reach their professional goals and helping them see what value they offer to potential employers. That sounds perfect for us. And uh, I like that you mentioned that word value because that's uh, the first question always pops on my mind with some sort of strategy or idea is with the letter of recommendation, how much value do you place on that in the grand scheme of the job search? So the value really comes from what's written in that letter. Hmm. You know, traditional letters of recommendation were were kind of fluffy. (laughs) If you think about that, they didn't offer too many specifics. In today's letter of recommendation, You really want to make sure that that writer gets at the specifics that makes you valuable to a potential employer and ideally in the ways that you are specifically unique in your expertise for that potential employer. So what would you point to as being, I mean, the most important aspect? Are we looking at skills? Are we looking at experience? Are we okay to put some of that that fluff material, so to speak, in there? Where where would you go in, in terms of the most important aspects? So you do want some fluff in there. Fluff makes you a real person, right? right? Yeah. If we weren't easy to get along with, then we might not want to have that person as an employee on our on our roster. If you worked on specific projects or certain kinds of projects, that potential employer could comment on those projects and what that communicates, or your past employer can comment on those projects and what that communicates to a potential employer is the skills that go along with what it took to complete that project. For example, if somebody was creating a business continuity plan, if that past employer commented on that candidate's ability to understand the international scope of that business continuity plan, the, the local ramifications of it, and then the way it was written and put out to the team, that tells that potential employer a lot about the skills of the candidate Uh, just by explaining a little bit of the project that they handled. And that makes perfect sense. And I understand, you know, we're speaking in generality, so I appreciate the examples um, of some of those specifics. Another interesting part for myself is the idea of determining, okay, who is the right person or people to be writing these letters? How do you... How do you determine that? What would you point as being important factors? I mean, I I had thoughts of, you know, an industry reputation that this person has or a connection to the company you're looking to apply to. I guess, how would you sort of 
filter that out and determine, okay, who is the who are the best fits for these letters? So if you have enough experience in your past that you have your choice of people to write recommendations for you, absolutely, that's where I would start is okay. who has ties to the industry? Who has ties to this potential employer? Who might they know that carries some weight with that potential employer? For most people, though, they're really looking directly at their former managers, okay. their former supervisors, maybe even other groups of people that have been on the receiving end of your work, of that candidate's work. Those can all be good people to go to. For those job seekers that have even less experience, like a new college graduate or somebody that's been out of the workforce for a long time, they might turn to, to a professor or the manager at the company that they volunteer, the nonprofit foundation where they volunteer. Sure. And those might be good resources for people that have been removed from the workforce or haven't yet entered it. And I was curious about that. If you feel like you can't find the right references or you don't, in your mind, you don't have the the people that you're interested in or you, you aren't necessarily comfortable going to, a, say, a former employer or something to that effect. You mentioned professors and maybe someplace you volunteered. Is it stay away from family members? Are there are there people you definitely would not turn to or, or is it okay if you manipulate in the right way? I guess what, what's your advice in terms of who not to go to or, or who might be okay if, if in the right circumstance? So family members and friends are really off limits unless that you have an, a professional experience with them. Right. If you worked in a family-run company uh, and your father was your boss, you don't have much of a choice. And, <laughs> right. and, and perhaps that gets actually acknowledged in the letter. The the person can write, can just acknowledge that, that they're their son or their daughter and say, even though that was our relationship, I still had a lot of expectations for them in this position. And they always were able to surpass it. So actually acknowledging the situation and then moving on from it. I guess along those similar lines, um, you, you had talked earlier, you mentioned about you know, making sure that your skills are being portrayed or, or the different aspects about who you are as a candidate are actually in those letters. And that's really what you're looking for. How do you ensure that, that the, the appropriate material is being entered in? How much is there coaching, so to speak? How much dialogue between the, the candidate and their references? Uh, I guess what's, what's your overall take on how that all plays together to make sure you're getting the information in there that you want? And, and that's key. You do want to make sure that you're getting information that you want and that is going to be relevant to your potential employers. For most people, uh, they're going after jobs that share a lot of the same aspects or that that have a lot of the same themes. Uh, So when they're looking at, say, the top five job ads, the job seekers can use that information to go to the, the people that they're getting the recommendations from and say, hey, these are the things that I'm looking at. I'm looking to join a startup company probably exclusively. So please, if you can, comment on my ability to wear a lot of different hats or to work on a lot of different projects at once. Perhaps they can point to the three major projects that are going to be part of their their job in just about any company that they work for, whether it be an e-commerce project, a partnership or sponsorship development, or something along the lines of, securing a facility. Sure. How about if you have multiple letters, you know, two or three, maybe that's what the employer is asking for, or you, you like to have that that uh, that amount. 
Are you looking to have those letters have a consistent theme? Do you want some diversity in there? I guess what would your expert advice be in terms of uh, multiple letters and what, what, what those would have in them? So you, you definitely want the letters to each have their own voice and to say something probably a little bit unique from each other okay. uh, so that they're not repetitive to each other. And in fact, if there's one that you know, our experiences with various employers is often very different. We don't often have mirror images, mirror image experiences in each of our jobs. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, the assumption would be that the letters would be slightly different anyway. Okay. And I, I guess part of that too, uh, my thought process was maybe at one employer you would have that or former employer, they would reference your skills and maybe at another place maybe you're volunteering at, they're referencing um, you know, your personality and some of the soft skills. Would you recommend it being that broad or would you still like to see more of a streamline focus on uh, on a few things? Having the broad comments can be good to give somebody that overall picture of who you are and who you were to that potential employer. Mm-hmm. And then drilling down to name some specific things that that the candidate worked on right. is is important to make it valid and real and kind of concrete to the reader. Now, how involved is a job seeker, say they get that letter of recommendation back, is there, is it allowed, so to speak, to have a little editing process, maybe get back in touch with them and say, you know, I wasn't quite sure I liked how this was phrased or could we do something else here? I mean, is that is that unethical? Is it is it kind of tacky or is it necessary? You know, that's a pretty tough topic <laughs> because as you can imagine, you're going to see a lot of things in a letter that might not be your favorite thing. Perhaps the supervisor makes grammar errors mm. or doesn't get at the exact kind of project that you completed for them that you wanted them to to talk about right. in a letter. In that case, it's a pretty touchy situation. It depends how close you are with the person, what format the letter is in, and how important it is to you to get that letter so precise. Sure. Well, and, and for me, I can see it being, you know, I, I'm sure whoever you're asking to do this, you know, they're busy, they have stuff to do, and I, I would hate to be sort of on them and pushing them and, and feeling like a nuisance. So I, I guess I wasn't sure how you go about that. I would think with grammar, you can maybe just make those slight changes. Um, but with content, I mean, are you saying stay away from that, w- possibly go to them? I mean, depending on that relationship. You can possibly go to them. You know, your point about being able to fix grammar yourself uh, brings up another topic is the format that these letters are delivered in. Mm. Uh, you know, they're, now the letters are delivered v- via email. Right. And maybe there's a, a signature embedded on on what is otherwise a Microsoft Word document. And in that case, it's easy to make those grammatical changes, maybe a slight enhancement to the information <laughs> that's there. <laughs> uh, again, it's a pretty tough topic, though, to change what somebody has said about you, because keep in mind that that potential employer may elect to speak directly right. to that person writing the recommendation. And you don't want there to be glaring differences between what they've written and what they've read. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a fair point and a, and a good item to point out for all of our listeners that there may be that uh, cross-referencing, so to speak. Uh, it does lead me, though, to one other item that I, I have seen and I've seen it discuss. And it's it's the idea that, well, what if you wrote your own letter and then sent it to your reference saying, what do you think about this? Does this work? Um, feel free to make any changes. And I, you know, I think the thinking is partly, okay, you're getting exactly in there what you want. And then also they don't have to spend all this time creating 
their their reference, their letter of recommendation. It's just a quick edit and, and send back or approval. Uh, I guess what's your thought on that? Well, you couldn't have said it better than me. You, you did a great job. Oh, thank it, you. <laughs> people, <laughs> employers do ask their former employees to just, just write the letter yourself and I'll sign it is okay. what they say. And if you are asked to write your own letter, think about what that past employer would write about you. And is it possible to put something in their voice so that when the potential employer is reading the letter, it doesn't sound like you like the same way that you speak? Sure. So it actually has somebody else's voice to it, um, meaning different vocabulary, different style of expression. Uh, Those would be things that I would encourage somebody to do if they're asked to write their own letter. So overall, then, do you you see any other, I mean, besides maybe that voice mismatch, so to speak, do you see any other cons to that strategy or any sort of unethical uh, feelings behind that? Or as you said, it's it's done. And as long as you're approving it with that reference, uh, you should be okay. I'm not going to get into the ethics of it. The problem with it lies, though, if those two people ever do connect in life and uh, along the way, like if that potential employer does call speak to that person making the recommendation, that person making the recommendation or signing the recommendation that you wrote really needs to be familiar with the content of that letter. And it might warrant a telephone call from you to say, hey, Thank you for that letter of recommendation. The interviews are going really well. I expect the potential employer to actually call you for a live reference now. Mm -hmm. As a reminder, here's what was said in the letter of recommendation, and here's what the job is about. This is what I would like you to comment on. I think that's a great piece of advice. If you are going to go that route, and as you said, it it does happen, but be prepared um, for some of those little instances that could come up. You mentioned a little bit earlier the idea of how it's written um, how the letter is is put out there. I mean, how much does that matter in terms of style or format or length? Are, are, do we have hard and fast type rules? Is it pretty open for interpretation? What would you point to as being maybe uh, some guidelines, if there are any? You know, that's a really great question because I happen to be working with a number of individuals from a startup company right now. And then I'm also working with a large group of individuals from very large organizations. And as you can imagine, the tone of letters of recommendation for those two groups of people would be very different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those coming from the startup organizations, the letter might be very free-flowing and kind of light. And the letters from the very large organization, assuming that they can get them, are going to be more formal, more stoic, maybe even less specific due to our litigious society. And so you have to know the audience that you're trying to reach. And if there needs to be a change in tone for that letter of recommendation, that's another thing that has to be communicated to those people that you're getting that letter from. How you want them to come across, how you want them to make you sound. Mm -hmm. Are you somebody that's very professional, very formal, very respectful? Or are you somebody that can go with the flow and are easy to adapt to a lot of different expectations? Sure. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect sense. And I don't want to put you on the spot too much, and I'm not going to be asking you to, you know, out of the blue, break down an entire uh, letter of recommendation. But can you give us any sort of example snippet of of even maybe an opening sentence of how it might sound? Um, You know, you mentioned there, you know, might be different styles, uh, but just, you know, the listeners like to have something to grab onto. And and as I said, I'm not going to ask for an entire letter, but maybe just some sort of generic sounding example that, that people could sort of focus on. One thing that you'll that would be ideal for somebody to open with would be 
just a compliment to the job seeker. So it might be something like when I hired Jenny Jones, never did I dream that she would take the position beyond the job description and create what she did for our organization. I mean, right there, that sets a tone that Jenny Jones is somebody that is a high achiever, somebody that will will be pointed to as a true contributor to the organization. From there, and that really lays the groundwork for being able to lay out some of the specifics. So you open with that strong of an opening, and then from there, it can be something along the lines of Jenny's job encompassed A, B, C, and D. Within three months, she took A to the next level by doing you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sorry for giving you the letters instead of real words. Yeah, no, it makes uh, sense. <laughs> but you're going to have to use your imagination on that one. Um, but that's not, that is a demonstration of how you go from, a very, from what could be construed as a very general statement to, to the specific ways that that statement came true. Well, and I, I give you a ton of credit for even just that opening statement. Uh, for those listening, you know, Kimberly was not prepped at all for that. That was completely uh, all the years of experience she has coming up with that. So I, I would have taken that in a heartbeat on my uh, letter of recommendation for sure. <laughs> I'll write one for you. It'll be good. <laughs> great, great. Sounds good. Not that I'm going anywhere for any of the no, uh, no. <laughs> MilwaukeeJobs.com people listening. So overall, then, do you ever think you know, you'll get in the application or in the uh, job description, I should say, to have letters of recommendation? Would you ever suggest sending it, sending one, even if it's not asked for, sort of to try to help yourself stand out, toot your own horn a little bit, or is that looked down upon in your experience? And and that's going to be one of those, it depends on the situation type answers. There might be opportunity for you to to bring up the fact that a letter of recommendation was written for you while you're in the interview. Uh, Somebody asks you a question if you have experience in the area of you know, business continuity, for example, again. Uh, and you can say, yes, as a matter of fact, I do have experience in in developing international business continuity plans. In fact, my former manager pointed to that experience when he wrote my letter of recommendation. Now, boom, you have a reference to the fact that you actually have a letter of recommendation uh, that you can tell the person that it's positive just by the comment that you made, and then it gives opportunity for somebody to ask for that letter. Right. Okay. I think that makes sense for those out there. I was always curious how that might work um, if it wasn't specifically asked for, because I'm sure people have been in both situations. We are getting low on time, as so I did want to give you the opportunity, as we do with all of our guests, um, just to sort of help us summarize what we talked about or give our listeners a, a final takeaway from this topic uh, and the idea of letters of recommendation and anything you feel is, is really important as we finish up here today. So if there's something that, if there's anything that your listeners should be taking away from from this radio segment, it's that the letters need to be specific. They need to point to the projects, the initiatives, the programs, the skills, the tasks, the things that they did. I think that's a perfect way to summarize things today on this episode of Job Search Guide here on LJN Radio. That will do it for us, unfortunately, for this episode. We have been speaking with Kimberly Schneiderman, the owner of City Career Services. Kimberly, again, thanks for offering up your expertise to our listeners. I think uh, I think they definitely have a lot to chew on after our conversation today. Great. Thank you. Of course, we always love to hear from you, the listener, as well. So please send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care.